The Circle of Knowledge podcast is brought to you by Amplified Minds, helping entrepreneurs and professionals achieve their goals and aspirations by sharing a wealth of knowledge to you, our community of achievers. This podcast features best-selling industry resources, interviews, and the professional panel discussion by the core team at Amplified Minds. Now, here are their discussions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Circle of Knowledge podcast. It's been a hot minute, just a couple of days, but I really did miss you, and I'm looking forward to today's conversation. I had a few days of break, which I got to work on some things uh, in order to prepare for a speech. I'll actually be speaking on stage tomorrow, which is, uh, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow will be June 19th, uh, 19th or 10th, uh, the 10th month. What is the 10th? Uh, what is that? What is that? The The Juneteenth, there we go, Juneteenth. That's the holiday, the unofficial holiday. But on Juneteenth, I'll be speaking on the Female Entrepreneur's Empire stage with Miss um, Alyssa Camacho. And uh, we'll be speaking about relationship capital, which I'm super excited. It's a passionate topic that I love. And speaking of relationship capital, I'm super excited to introduce to you guys my friend and somebody who I've been in the circles with here in Utah, as well as just um, in some of the higher end circles as I've gotten to meet and, and, and get to know really incredible people. And one of those people is today's guest, Miss Tiffany Barnes, everybody. Tiffany, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And Tiffany and I have been in the same circles. We're running around with several people, uh, both in the coaching space, the real estate space, the investor space. Uh, and and um, we've probably met and crossed paths several times and we've never actually sat down and had like a one-on-one -on -one, a meeting, but we've been in the same room. We've been in the same meetings. We've been at the same conferences on the same stages. And it's been so cool to just watch her just take off. And um, one of the things I wanted to mention is that she, on Instagram, she likes to go by Lady Airbnb. And I think that's so cool because she has such a complex and incredible story of her background. And she's such a complex, incredible business owner. And she's an empire uh, uh, builder. And she's incredible at what she does with real estate and so forth. There's so much to this lady that I just can't wait to highlight it all. And so I wanted to start off a little bit by, <laughs> I usually start off the show, Tiffany, by telling people how I got to know you. And since we, we're still getting to know each other, I thought, well, let's just skip to the chase. Like, I wanna know a little bit about your story and how, how your journey has led you here. And that might be a long story. That could be 30 minutes, that could be an hour. I'm here for you, I'm excited to chat, but tell me a little bit about, and tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and where you've come from. I know you've had an interesting um, upbringing that has led you down the path of some of the most biggest passions that you're involved with. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome, thank you. So uh, I'd say the biggest thing that I wanna start with is I was the second case in the state of Utah for a 15 year old to become a legally emancipated minor. Wow. So case in the entire state it may have changed since then um, but it was quite a feat and what led me to that is by the time I was 13 years old I had suffered all forms of abuse mm -hmm. physical sexual emotional you name it and my stepfather who was a military police officer at the time very intimidating man um, was somebody who had quite the temper 
And when my mom and him would fight, my mom would get hauled away in an ambulance oftentimes. And so I saw a lot of violence and um, my stepdad was sexually abusing me. And he said, if you say anything to anybody, I will kill you. Well, when you're 13 years old and you've got this grown adult threatening your life that seems to have the type of behavior that you feel he really would kill you, um, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything for almost a year. And my mother, unfortunately, <clears throat> is a drug addict. Excuse me. She's been a drug addict my entire life. She is still a drug addict to this day and never really took any stock in what was going on in my life. And so I felt she wasn't somebody I could really tell uh, the about the abuse. And so I just, again, kept my mouth shut. Well, there was one morning where I was getting ready for school. I was in the eighth grade, 13 years old, and she comes downstairs and she asks me about the relationship that's taking place between me and my stepfather and why it had taken him so long to quote unquote, wake me up. You can fill in the blanks there. So I made up excuses. I said, I don't know, maybe he was changing the laundry. Maybe he was changing the furnace filter. I don't know, ask him what he was doing. And she was persistent and, and kept asking me, what's going on between you two? And so I finally had this moment where, you know, I've got the devil on one side saying, he's gonna kill you, he's gonna kill you. And then I've got the angel on the other side saying, here's your opportunity to say something. So I spewed it out. I told her, I said, you know, this is what's been going on and she seems furious and has him come home from work and we have this family meeting. And basically I, you know, confronted him and said, this is what you did. And he denied everything and gave my mother an ultimatum. He said, you know, Karen, your daughter's a liar and I didn't do any of these things and you're going to have to choose. It's going to be her or me. And my mother did not even hesitate three seconds when she turned to me and said, you have until tomorrow to get the bleep out of my house. So here I am 13 years old, tell a trusted adult about the abuse. And the result is I'm kicked out of the house, don't know where I'm going to go. And, you know, there's so much emotion that's going on when you're 13 and hormones and you're growing into your body. And there's just so many things there that it was a very traumatic part in my life, the most traumatic part of my life, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to school the next day and thinking, where am I going to go sleep tonight? Mom doesn't want me at the house. And I'm walking home. And as I'm getting closer and closer to my house, I'm notice, noticing that people are carrying things, like we're moving somewhere, you know, like everybody's helping us move out. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird, because mom told me I had to move out. So I thought, well, maybe while I was at school today, she had this change of heart, and she realized that I was the most important, and she's gonna, she's gonna move with me. And as I get closer, I'm noticing these things that they're carrying are definitely from my house and most of them look very familiar. And what's taking place is my mother is hosting a yard sale, selling my stuff while I was at school. So you can imagine I'm coming home from school, my stuff sitting out on the lawn being sold. I'm thinking, I really am worth nothing to you. I'm your firstborn child and I'm worth nothing to you. You've chosen a child molester over your daughter and now you're selling her stuff. And it was just devastating, you can imagine. And, you know, I walked downstairs to my room, what was left of it, 
and grabbed one of those big, you know, black uh, leaf bags we use in the fall. And I put some clothes in there and I had a little Tootsie Roll bank. Do you remember those Tootsie Roll banks that had like the little slit up at the top? Yeah. I had one of those and I can't remember exactly how much money I had in there, but we'll just say $2 and something cents. I walked past my mom in her yard sale with my garbage bag full of clothes and walked to the bus stop, the local U UTA bus stop, and take my change out of my little, you know, piggy bank thing there, and I take it into downtown Salt Lake City. It was the end of the route, so I take a transfer slip. Well, I'm staring at these buildings in downtown Salt Lake City, which seem enormous to me at the time. Um, it gets dark pretty early in October, which is when this happened. And so I'm thinking, I need to find somewhere to go quick. And the reason I point that out is I didn't have this option of, well, let me just call up my aunt or my uncle or my cousin and go stay with them. Because a lot of my family are either drug abusers themselves or abusing their children themselves or incarcerated. I literally felt I didn't have anywhere to go. So I take my transfer slip, I hop on the 70 bus and go up to Layton, Utah, which is where my biological father is living. Well, as I'm sitting in the back of this bus, imagine my little bag next to me and I'm staring out the window and I'm thinking, am I even doing the right thing right now? And the reason I thought that is because from my earliest memory until my parents divorced when I was seven, my father was very physically abusive towards me. So I was worried I was trading one evil for another, if you will. Yeah. Well, because my dad takes me in, he takes on a second job and I become a latchkey kid. And if you don't know what a latchkey kid is, it's basically I always wore a, a chain with a key around my neck because I had to let myself in and out of the house because my dad wasn't there. My dad was busy working his job. So I spent a lot of time alone. Worst thing that could happen to me is spending that much time alone after all this trauma had just happened. Right. So I become suicidal. I become anorexic. I thought I was the most disgusting person on the planet. I didn't want to look in the mirror. I thought if the woman that gave me life doesn't even want me, what's the point? Why should I even be here anymore? And it goes back to that devil and the angel. I wake up one morning and I have this devil on one side that says, end your life. Today's the day. Just get it over with. And then I have this other, you know, the angel on this side that says, but if you do that, you're letting this defeat you and define you and you're giving up. Right. And so I realized that it was time to reach out and get help. And for me, that was a biggie because I always thought asking for help was the weakest thing because I always thought I had to be so independent. And I started working with a social worker for two years. It took me two years to get myself right here and here to actually like who I saw in the mirror to actually think, you know, I'm worthy to be on the planet too. And then I went on that journey of becoming emancipated. So I told you I won the emancipation. Yep. And when I won that emancipation, I made myself a promise. And it's a promise I have never broken to this day, 23 years later. That promise was I was going to live my life to be everything that my parents were not. I didn't want to be a high school dropout like them. 
I didn't want to be a teenager pregnant like them. I didn't want to be hooked on drugs like my mom. You know, there's so many things. I was taught at a young age. You know, my mom would lock me in a closet full of booze and tell me I had to drink X amount before I could get out of the closet because she'd be doing things on the other end. Or she'd hand me a cigarette and say, here, go light this for me. Or, you know, I was taught sex and alcohol and drugs are perfectly fine. So I trained myself to be the opposite of that. And it's a promise that I haven't broken to this day. So if you can imagine in high school, I could check myself in and out of school, which was crazy looking back at it now. Like I remember I walked into my Spanish class, Miss Linares, and I write this note, please excuse Tiffany Barnes for being late. Thank you, Tiffany Barnes. And they'd have to accept it. And kids in my class, I can't tell you how many kids would say, well, that's not fair. I don't get to write my own notes or why do, why do you not have parents at home? And we're going to go have a rager at your house, you know, and all of these things. I had so many different things and people would come up to me and, and inquire, why do you live on your own? And did your parents die? And, you know, I would share, no, I'm, I'm emancipated. And a lot of kids didn't know what that meant. And so I'd explain it to them and kind of share why, which was because of the abuse. And there were so many of my peers that were coming out of the woodwork saying, I'm being abused and I haven't told anybody, help me. Or they know someone who's being abused. And there was like this light bulb moment where I was, I said to myself, this is the reason I didn't take my life. I am meant to be a catalyst for others to realize they too can overcome abuse. And so I started a support group. It was 10 kids at the time at Kearns High School in 1998. And this group of 10 kids, all we did is we got together and we did homework together. We were a shoulder to cry on. We had this commonality and common bond that we went through abuse or were going through abuse. And we didn't want to turn to, you know, bad grades and sloughing. And, you know, we wanted to stay on that straight and narrow path. So we named ourselves Share. Share. Well, Share, yeah, the Share Club. S-H-A-R-E. Yes. And that at the time stood for students helping the abused react and empower. Little did I know that little group of 10 kids was going to gain so much momentum that it is now a 501c3 nonprofit that is still running to this day. So SHARE now stands for Sharing Hope for the Abused Through Resilience and Empowerment. And it is my passion. It's why I get out of bed every single day. Uh, I just started a podcast for it. I'm writing a book that's soon to come out called The Throwaway Girl. And I just want everyone to know, because here's the thing, in statistics, or statistically, one out of four women, one out of six men, before the age of 18, suffer some form of abuse. So just based on statistics, I can guarantee you there's listeners out there of your show that have gone through it. I can be so vulnerable in sharing my story because the more I share it, the more it helps me heal. So thank you. 
for helping me have this platform to heal and fill my cup. But the other reason I'm so willing to share my story and the vulnerability is because I know even if one person hears it and they feel, you know what, it's okay for me to say something now or they find inspiration out of it, it's worth my time a thousand times over. I, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and thank you for the vulnerability. But I mean, that just is such a small piece to what we actually are hoping to communicate here because this is whether I accept it or not, or whether I, I realize it or not is the best way to put this. There are people who listen to this um, and, and there are people who listen to this who are going through exactly what you've gone through and how powerful it is to hear from the voice of somebody who has seen the end of the tunnel, who said, here's the option A, it's the best one right now for me, at least that's the way it looks and to choose a different direction. That's, that's amazing, Tiffany. It's so true. I mean, you, the thing I say is every day you're given this beautiful gift. Every single one of us is given this beautiful gift. And here's what the gift is. It's another opportunity to turn it all around. Every day you wake up is just one more chance to turn it all around. People sit and say, woe is me. This happened. I've got this against me or that against me. Well, that's the past. That's yesterday. That's today. What are you going to do tomorrow? Because every day you're given that opportunity to change it. I, I think this is interesting. And I wanted to add some perspective because when I first met Tiffany, you guys, I met Tiffany in a, a networking um, executive environment. And your background, your story, your process did not, it, it was not present. It was not uh, apparent and it wasn't you who I met. I met this resilient woman, this incredible professional, this outrageously awesome and, 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 and amazing business owner and entrepreneur and, and all the other stuff behind wasn't who you were in the present. And so that's, that's so fascinating because of that promise you made to yourself back at when you did, how, how much has changed and what do you think has brought you from point A to point Z today, which is the present? So I can sum it up in one word, resilience. That's with business, that's with life, that's with relationships. You know, I get asked that question a lot because people look at me, right? And they think, you know, I grew up on the, in Cottonwood Heights in a fancy house and never had any problems. Badass businesswoman, that's what you are, you're amazing. Yeah, and people see my success now and they have no idea what I went through. But the past is a past for a reason, but it's a stepping stone to the future. Mm -hmm. And too many people use that past as a crutch. So I think the biggest thing that's gotten me to where I am today is not just that promise, which is also a promise of resilience, if you think about it, yeah. is I just have that flame inside I call myself a light worker, which a lot of people are familiar with that term. Yeah. Help people find light in darkness. And I also ran the torch in the Olympics. So it kind of all goes together really well. Yeah, so, I like that. Um, you know, I'll go give talks to elementary schools and youth groups and women. And one of the things I say is we all have some sort of a flame inside. Think about it. You have one right now. I have one right now. All of your listeners have some sort of a flame inside of them right this moment. Sometimes it's a little spark. 
like when I wanted to give up on my life and said, you know what, what's the, what's the purpose? I just want to be done. It could be even in your business, your business is failing and your family can't pay their bills and your marriage is falling apart and you've got just a spark left. Or maybe it's a roaring, raging fire. Like when you get excited about something, when you have passion, maybe you're somewhere in between. You know, I see that sign behind you that says success. And then there's everything below what it really takes to get to success. And I love that because to me, success is not your bank account. It's not your car. It's not your clothes. It's not any of that. Success is everything you see on that sign behind you and what you can inspire other people to do. That's true success. Because you're in a better position spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever, where you can help feed another person's flame. Yeah. I, uh, I, I want to add to that too, because I, I think that's just absolutely brilliant. And one of my favorite punny lines in regards to what's behind my shoulder here is that success is merely the tip of the iceberg. The reward is the stuff or use my other hand the the stuff below right it's the it's the it's the experience it's the journey it's the part that makes the bulk of life itself and success is merely just the tip yep and enjoy that journey it's not going to be rainbows and roses right mm -hmm. failure is not rainbows and roses discipline criticism you know there's a lot of things on there that oh, i don't want to go through rejection i don't want to go through failure but it's not always going to be that rainbows and roses. If you're resilient to the failure, if you're resilient to, you know, when something doesn't go your way in your business or, you know, the risks you take don't work out the way you thought they would. If you can learn to have that resilience mentality and mindset, the success will follow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that, that is so powerful. I'm grateful that my listeners get to hear this message and I hope that it helps just one person. You can't see it right now, but you are getting so much love in the live feed right now. Um, huge shout out to my listeners and those who have been tuning in. Um, lots of love and comments. I'll share those with you later so you can see them. And if there are anybody who are listening right now that are going through something similar or even an inkling of, or even worse, um, just know that you, you, Without knowing too much about Tiffany, I bet I could come up with the word resilient as, as to describe her just with who she is, how she holds herself, how she behaves, how she conducts herself in person, and just how incredible of a person she is. Um, I want to know just a little bit more and share a little bit more with my listeners about Cher. Um, you, you talked about your journey of running the torch at the 2002 Winter Olympics, and I think that's just such a cool enlighten here's another pun right another enlightening um, yeah. connection to your experience with the anti-abuse nonprofit called called share um who who's it for and and how can they find you great question so share is for anybody who's been through abuse or anybody who wants to help the cause so it doesn't have to be necessarily a victim of abuse maybe you want to help people be victorious and you have a passion to uh, like I do, to stop abuse one person at a time. So you can find more about SHARE by going to sharethemovement.org, sharethemovement.org. We do put on an annual um, Youth Empowerment Day. We were not able to do it this year. We do it every May, and the pandemic kind of put a little kibosh on that. So we do have an event coming up. Uh, 
Kendra Scott, which is a jewelry store in the City Creek Mall. And if your listeners want to um, participate in this, all they do is they go to KendraScott.com on July 10th or 11th and make a purchase. So maybe you want to buy your wife something nice or you want to get in on your Christmas gifts a little early. Uh, 20% of all purchases made that day are going back to share. So we do a lot of things throughout the community. Um, this is for somebody who, let's say you're going through abuse and you don't know where to start to report it, or maybe you don't want to feel alone, or you don't really know how to recognize the signs if you suspect somebody's going through abuse. All of those resources are on sharethemovement.org. So it's a great resource. And uh, by the way, we're looking for board members. Ooh. So if any of your listeners are interested in joining this cause and maybe filling up one of our board member spots, um, just send me an email off of the website or I can also give an email you know, later on near the end of this um, episode and I'd be happy to talk to you more about it. And I'll be make I'll make sure that all of your um, the information you choose will be available in the show notes as well. But um, available for people to reach out to you. She's also pretty active on Facebook, so if you guys ever just want to reach her out, reach out to her on Facebook, you can do that. Um, that that's amazing. That that is so cool. I do just by the way off the top of my head, I can think of a few people who I've interviewed on this show who have interesting backgrounds who um, I, I want to connect you to to see if uh, yeah to see if there's a good fit there. Cool. I would love that. And I'm also looking for guests on my podcast. So if any of your listeners may have gone through abuse and they want to get that message out of how they've overcome it, I don't like to focus necessarily on, you know, being a Debbie Downer of let's just talk about abuse. That's, that takes a lot of energy out of you. So we talk about it, but we like to focus more on stories of triumph. So, you know, if any of your listeners are comfortable, then I'd love to have them on. And out of curiosity, Tiffany, because you, you mentioned it in the statistics, right? Every one in four women, every f- one in six men endure some sort of a form of abuse before what, age 14, you said, age 13? Mm. Okay. And, and, and because of that, especially, and it's, I'm not going to give Utah its own passive way, but especially in a culture like ours, very religious, and I would say other religious cultures too, Catholic cultures on the East Coast and so forth, some very, very um, thick culture um, states. With that being said, there's definitely a huge need for education. Now, I'm a, I'm a, part, I'm a board member of a, of a cannabis and CBD group, and um, I'm not a cannabis user or anything like that, but I, I do understand it and the science behind it, and I recognize that the education in a cultural environment is extremely important because awareness, understanding, and education is vital. And so for your show and for your awareness and for share, how important is it for just, not just, um, not just uh, victims or, or no, let's not use that word. Let's use uh, um, recipients and, and let's talk about people who've experienced abuse, how much more important it is for those people as well as people just to know the signs or know what's going around or what's going, uh, what, what's happening to their neighbor or their friend at school or how to cope and deal with it. What would you say is, a, is, is your mission in part to help educate more people on this? Well, it's severely important, John. And here's the thing is you mentioned Utah as a state. Mm-hmm. Utah is the number one state in the country for sexual abuse. So right? yeah, let's eliminate that whole, for, yeah, because you're absolutely right then. 
Yeah, so uh, it's huge in the state of Utah. And so my passion locally is to bring more awareness to it. I mean, we're in a society now with like the Me Too movement and things like that that have taken place in the last couple of years. People are feeling more comfortable to talk about it. Whereas, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, it was more swept under the rug. And, and here's my philosophy. It's going to sound a little harsh, but if you know about abuse and you don't say anything about it, you say, oh, I don't want to break up that family or, oh, I don't want to meddle in their business or that's not for me to get involved. I say shame on you because yeah. that doesn't make you any better than the abuser themselves. That's harsh for me to say. I get it. That's bold. But it's true. If you know about abuse and you don't say anything, you're condoning it. You might as well be the abuser. So my passion is I want people to realize it's okay to say something. There's resources out there. There's more resources than you know. There's more people who've gone through it than you know. Please speak up. That's why my podcast is called Speak Loud Podcast. I want to speak loud. I want to speak up. I, this is a movement you know, and, and get out there and let's stop this. Is it, is it going to end in my lifetime? No, just based on statistics, I cannot eradicate abuse in my lifetime. Even if I was mother Teresa and that's all I did every single day, but I know that I'm causing a ripple effect and your listeners are causing a ripple effect when they come out and they say something and they share that content and they share what's available, you know, and that's what it takes to at least make a difference in it. I love that. I, I, I was thinking when you were talking about, you might, you know, if you know something, say it. I, I thought about the law and let's talk about logical law here. If you know of somebody who murdered somebody and you don't tell the, 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 um, the, the authorities, you become an accessory to that murder, which means you are now part of that. That's really dark and deep. I know that's crazy, but it's the same thing you guys. And if you're, you're anyways, if you know, be, be bold enough to love other people and, 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 and to tell or talk or speak up. And I love that. Um, that that's fantastic, Tiffany. I'm going to call you mother Tiffany from now on if that's cool. Cause you are on such a, an incredible road, a journey and a plane that I think is so adm admirable. And I, I, I love what you're doing, but more so it is so vital and so important to our culture and to everything. I I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you. And I know that it was not an easy journey. What's the challenge you would like to issue to my, my, my listeners, my, my audience that um, they, they can apply today? I mean, we talked about speaking up. We talked about how to get a hold of you and looking that. But as far as, as far as everything in their life, what's the challenge you could issue to them? So there's two things. Can I say two things? Absolutely. I love double challenges. More, more homework. So the first challenge kind of goes along with what I was just speaking about. And it's, you know, like Gandhi says, be the change you wish to see in this world. So many people hate the world that we live in right now. And we live in such a weird time, right? With this pandemic and, you know, how it's affecting us financially and emotionally and all these various things. And people say, well, I'm one person. I can't make a change. And I say, absolutely you can make a change you know i'm one person and abuse is this huge epidemic worldwide but that doesn't mean that i can't be the change i want to see in this world to stop abuse so maybe your change you want to see in this world is you want to see more single mothers have financial literacy 
Maybe you want to see at-risk youth have more resources or also have financial literacy. Whatever it is, everybody's got some sort of a passion or thing that they wish the world was different with. Be that change. But the second challenge I want to give to your listeners is it's my coined phrase. It's the start that stops you. It's the start that stops you. So I challenge your listeners to begin with one step. So maybe some of your listeners are thinking, man, I wish I could make an extra thousand bucks a month. Or man, I wish I could take my family on that vacation to Disneyland when it opens or whatever the case may be. All of that begins with a single step. So let's say for an example, you know, you want to go out there and you want to make an extra thousand dollars a month. Well, what, what is your first action step? Write it down, develop a plan. Once you take that first step and you realize, oh, I didn't die. I didn't get hurt. I'm not going to eat out of garbage cans. You realize, oh, okay, let me take that second step. And then the third step, and then you've got a momentum going. So I challenge your listeners to take that first step of action towards anything that they want to change in this world. That's amazing. Thank thank you for issuing that challenge. And you guys, it's so simple. Take one step, one step closer. Uh, We've actually talked about this on the show probably once every week. (laughs) We talk about the step process. And so this is not new to my listeners. And I I appreciate that because that constant continuous reminder in every area of your life, whether it be turmoil and and trial or it be struggle and challenge or it be fierceness and and, and overcoming challenge and, and, and winning, like whatever it might be, resilience is that and that we can emulate from miss tim miss tiffany barnes um there's so much more to who you are than that and i wanted to just take a moment here and we'll kind of wrap up in a few minutes but i do want to highlight you as your professional you are doing so many incredible things and 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 share and 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 helping this movement and speak and and now uh where i I lost it the speak loud podcast like that's incredible that's exciting Tell us a little bit about where you're at in the real estate world, because that's a, that's another part of your life. That's a major part of your life. And when I first met you, that was like the part of your life. I was like, dude, Tiffany's the Airbnb lady. She is the rental lady. She is the real estate mogul. It's so good to know Tiffany. So tell us a little bit about your journey in the real estate world and maybe even bridge that gap of where you came from starting this foundation for working and, and advocating for what you do but also being an admirable professional in our, in our world. So real estate is a huge portion of my life. It's about half of my life. I've been doing it for 17 years. So kind of a long story short, I was waitressing um, in high school, one of my three jobs that I had. And I had a guy that kept coming in that was always dressed really nice, like suspenders and cufflinks. And you could tell, you know, he, he had some money. He was doing well for himself. And he was one of my regulars. He always requested to sit in my section. And when he would come in, he would always have a different client with him and was always talking real estate. Well, for me, real estate was like the ultimate. You know, I grew up in a house that we didn't own. A lot of my family members rented. I was bounced around a lot as a child. So for me, that was like the ultimate goal to be a homeowner. Like you've made it when you become a homeowner. So 
one day I got some gumption and I said, his name was Matt. And I said, Hey Matt, every time you come in here, you're talking real estate. Like, what do you do in real estate? I'm curious. Are you a realtor or what do you do? And he said, no, I'm a real estate investor. And I'm also a real estate mentor. I help people learn how to invest in real estate. And I'm like, yes, I've hit the jackpot. You're going to teach me, right? And uh, he's like, well, yeah, but I charge for it. And I'm like, wah, wah. And you're like, oh, crap. I'm going to take my tip money to get home and buy some milk and bread. How am I going to pay for a mentor? So I think he was charging like $10,000 or something, which was way beyond what I was capable of paying. And it discouraged me. I thought, so it does take money to make money. This sucks. I don't have money. How am I going to make money? And um, I let it get me down for a little bit, right? And I kicked it around in my head. And I'm like, man, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And I don't remember how much time went by. We'll say a few weeks or a month or whatever. And the next time he came in, I was like, hey, Matt, I've been thinking about your mentor thing. And I know you charge for it. I don't have the money, but what I do have is time. And time is money, right? And he's like, well, yeah. And I said, here's what I'm willing to do. Just if you let me be around you, I will, you know, do the things you don't want to do. I'll vacuum the carpets. I'll make you coffee. I'll go to the post office. I'll drop off your dry cleaning. You know, I'll do all those assistant type things that you don't want to do. Just let me be around you. He's like, just let you be around me. And I'm like, yeah, because I knew in my mind, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So if I hang around millionaires, even if I get a little crumb, you know, he was well into being a millionaire. If I just get a little crumb on the floor of the piece of success that he has, it's a building block. It's a stepping stone. It's a golden nugget for me. And I did that. I volunteered my time on top of having three jobs and literally gave him my time for free just to be around him and to hear the conversations he was having and to hear the lingo. And, you know, he saw my work ethic. And after about six-ish months, he said, okay, I'm going to show you how to do your first transaction. I don't call real estate, real estate deals because it sounds like slimy to me to say deal. Sounds like I have a deal for you. I'm a used car salesman. So I call them transactions, by the way. Um, and so I did my first transaction and I made like 3000 bucks. You know, basically what I did is I flipped paper. For those of you who know real estate that are on this show right now, I put something under contract and I did like an and or assigns. I assigned my option to purchase and I made 3000 bucks. To me, that was huge. Then my second transaction, I did like 4,000 something and, you know, started to build up and then became a millionaire at 28 years old through real estate. So I started out just flipping contracts. Um, and then I started doing like wholesaling. Then I started doing flipping. Then I started doing private money lending because I had the money to lend. So I would do like 50, 50 splits. You know, you flip the house, I'm the money. We split profit 50, 50. Um, I was traveling the world for 40 weeks a year, giving presentations on various stages, you know, telling people how to invest in real estate. But I wanted to have something that was a little more fulfilling. So I started up Level Up Wealth Academy, which is, you know, how we met. And now um, my passion is Airbnbs. It's the next, it's the revolution of real estate in my mind, in my opinion. Um, what happened was I had, you know, I was a landlord. 
I had to answer the phone in the middle of the night if something broke. I had to chase the rent payments, you know, all that stuff. And I had a, a property up here in Rose Park and the tenant, I had to evict her, you know, Christmas time came around. She wasn't paying the rent. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's got kids. I don't want to evict her. You know, it's so hard not to feel sympathy for these people, but it's a business. And I let it go on for like three months, like all these excuses. And I'm like, wow, first of all, I either need a property manager because I can't be the person involved anymore because my heart's too into this or I need to go another direction. So I evict this tenant, unfortunately. She, she causes about $7,000 worth of damages and I have to take her to court to get a judgment for all the damages, which I won. And then I had to garnish her wages. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah. I don't like it. It's not what I signed up for. I mean, it's just, it's not fun. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can take seven grand and get the house back up to rentable condition and start this whole process over with a new tenant. Or I keep hearing about this Airbnb thing. Well, Rose Park is close enough to downtown. It's close enough to the airport, close enough to the freeway. And it's like North Rose Park, by the way. We'll just put that out there. <laughs> For those who know that area. It's in bad. I mean, it's, it's the nicer part of Rose Park. And four bedroom, two bath house. And I thought, let me just put it up on Airbnb. I'll spend what, maybe an extra five grand furnishing it. So I did it. I took the plunge. I didn't have anybody mentor me. I did my due diligence, of course, you know, and looked to see what everybody else was getting and what the process was and all that good stuff. And ended up being really successful at it. Renting it out just 99 bucks a night. Think about that. 99 bucks a night, four bedroom, two bath. What hotel can you get for 99 bucks a night? This is like a whole family can stay there. And I went from making, I think I was charging that tenant about 1550 a month to averaging anywhere from about 2,800 to 3,500 a month with Airbnb. I'm like, yeah, I'm doubling my income. This is sweet. So now I'm waiting for the other leases to run out on my other long-term rentals so I can convert them into short-term rentals. So um, one thing that I do is I put on workshops for people who want to learn how to get into Airbnbs. And uh, right now that's been kind of put on hold. My last one was on leap day. Um, but I also do stuff like this over Zoom where I can show you how to turn a room in your house into a, a, a source of income through Airbnb or how to convert an entire long-term rental into a short-term rental. So it's something that's been phenomenal for me. And even during the pandemic, you know, I'm booked out to 2021. I lost some reservations for sure. I lost probably about $8,000 $8, in reservations. But now what's been kind of really cool for me is I've pivoted. That's the word of the year, right? Yeah. Um, I've pivoted and I'm like, okay, well, traveling nurses are going to need a place to stay right now. Mm -hmm. So I then listed on nurse BNB. And so now I'm accommodating traveling nurses and I help people um, who are looking to get into a home. This is kind of like a transition for them. So it's, they'll come stay at my Airbnb for a month while they're waiting to close on one home. Cause they just sold another. I mean, it's been really, it's been awesome to be creative and pivot but luckily I haven't taken a hit like a lot of other people have. So, right. Yeah. I, I just, I want to take a moment and honor you again, Tiffany, cause you're just brilliant and amazing. And 
I feel like if you take those two words together, it creates resilient because that's just you and who you are. That's going to be your book one day. And um, I want to take a moment and just have my listeners recognize that we talked about two sides of your life. We talked about the past and, 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 and the passionate journey that you're on to promote incredible results and solutions for people who are experiencing abuse. Yes. And there was this, there's this real estate side to you. And I want my listeners to just recognize the equalness in your passion for both. You are a businesswoman, you're resilient, you're passionate about helping and saving people and being a movement and it was equal. And how cool that was. There was no difference. There was no um, lesser or more. It was just, I'm so excited and passionate and, and incredibly passionate about what I'm doing. And that's just, that's, just, that's just who you are. And that's the Tiffany I know. And I know it's the Tiffany that you're always, you always are. And I know that that's just, that's just so cool to see. It's so cool for me to see, for me to observe. And I just want my listeners to see it, hear it in your voice and your tone and how they, how they portray the message that we give them through this episode. And I just wanted to recognize that because you are awesome. You're amazing. Um, how, how do we know, how do we get a hold of you if we want to find out more about these workshops or these events or some of these ways that we can learn about what you're doing and get involved in real estate or you know, learn more about share and stuff like that? So as far as share goes, you can just go to sharethemovement.org and find out, you know, what's going on, what kind of stuff we have on the calendar. Speakloudpodcast.com is for my podcast. And if you want to have maybe a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me or attend any of my workshops, you can always go to coachtiffanybarnes.com, coachtiffanybarnes.com. Um, I'm on the social media, obviously, as well, at Lady Airbnb is my handle for Instagram. And then if you wanted to find me on Facebook, it is Miss Tiffany Barnes. So M-I-S-S-T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-B-A-R-N-E-S. -S -S Diamonds and Books, Tiffany and yeah, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, well then I'll make sure that those um, pieces of contact information are in the show notes so you, my listeners, can reach out to Tiffany. Tiffany, this has been awesome. This has been so refreshing. And I, I think, you know, it's funny because we started off the podcast talking about your past and, and as heavy as it was, it is so amazing to see your journey from then to now and to see how loving and passionate you are about what you do. And thank you for sharing that word resilience with us. It just is sticking with me. I don't know whether to call you Miss Tiffany Barnes or Mother Tiffany because it's just it's just who you are. It's, a, it's absolutely amazing. But I want to thank you for joining me on the Circle of Knowledge podcast, for being a connection, being a friend, and also for just um, – for just doing what you're doing. And if there's any way that we, our audience and, and, and my community can support you, we are all behind you. And that's, 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 um, that's something we're really excited about. That means more to me than you know. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be on the show. And also just, like I say, to have this platform to be able to share my message. So thank you so much. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you guys, everyone listening. The information to reach out to Tiffany is in the show notes, or you can find it on uh, the Circle of Knowledge podcast based off of anchor.com or sorry, anchor.fm forward slash circle of knowledge. You can also find us at amplifiedminds.com. And uh, with that, Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you guys. Have a good day.